As a mom, you wear a lot of hats, and sometimes it seems like you're going in a million directions at once. At the 29-Minute Mom, we want to give you the tools to bring it all under control and reach your highest potential. If you give us a few minutes, we'll help you find those extra hours you need every week to achieve balance and satisfaction in everything you're trying to get done. The 29-Minute Mom. It's time just for you. And now, here's your host, life's organization expert, author and coach, Jennifer Ford-Berry. Welcome, everybody. Today, we have a rare occasion where we have a dad as our guest, and I'm excited because we have so many moms on here and so many women, and today we are going to introduce Justin Whitmell early to you. He's a lawyer, an author, a speaker from Richmond, Virginia. He has four adorable uh, young boys, and he is the author of a brand new book called Habits of the Household, Practicing the Story of God in Everyday Family Rhythm. So welcome to the 29-Minute Mom, Justin. Thank you, Jennifer. I'm, I'm honored to be a dad on the mom podcast. <laughs> we love it. We love it. Hopefully um, I'll make it out alive. <laughs> yes, you will. And so women tune in because this is a great opportunity to hear from a dad's perspective. And today, one of my favorite things, we all know, I love a good plan for time management as a parent. And that is one thing that Justin's going to talk about. He has this written, this book it is amazing. And it has tools to create structure for all ages from toddlers to teens. So parents out there listening, if you're starting to feel like things are a little overwhelming, this is the show for you. So Justin, um, go ahead and just kind of tell us a little bit about, I love to know why you chose to write about this topic. Yeah, I am a little bit of an imposter to habits and routines. So in my natural state, my wife always makes fun of me. She's like, if they had known you in college, you know, I'm very <laughs> freewheeling, um, spontaneous, not necessarily a lot of a lot of structure. Um, and then my life drastically changed. First, um, I had an anxiety collapse when I was in my early 30s as a corporate lawyer. And that was the first time that I realized that habits and routines really change who you are. And I, I by assimilating to all these sort of wild routines of unrestrained busyness and technology that um, I was going through in law school, they, they kind of seeped into my heart and that sort of anxiety and busyness got inside. Um, and that was a tip off for me that, oh, habits and routines form more than just your schedule. They form your heart. So they're actually spiritually important. And um, then it was just a couple years into parenting when I had this realization almost all over again, afresh that oh, if my habits are forming who I am and my kids are becoming me, you know, because all kids become some version of their parents, then my habits and our household habits really matter to who my kids are becoming. And that's when I started to look for these things everywhere, um, starting with bedtime, but then also waking, mealtime, screen time, all this stuff. Well, let's just, I want to say, I saw that quote on your press release and I hope you can say it one more time for the listeners, because I thought it was amazing and kind of an aha moment for parents to stop and think, you know, 
you have the power to impact who your child becomes. I don't know if we realize to the extent that that's going to yes, happen, Yes. but they are literally watching everything. They're listening to everything you're doing. And so if you don't like what your life has become, or you don't like how you're spending your time, it's even more important to change those habits for your children. So what is that quote that you just said about they become who you are? Yeah. I, the way I like to say it is we become our habits and they become us. So we need to pay attention to the habits of the household. Yes. And so I, powerful. I like, I like that because routines and habits are obviously about productivity and organization. And I think everybody gets that and we should work on them for that. Definitely. However, I think one of the more unseen sides of habit is the way that they spiritually form us and the way that they form our identity. Um, I think that I used to think maybe the prayer time at the dinner table or the family devotion we would occasionally do was the most important spiritual moment of our family life. But now I see that the ongoing rhythms of our family teach them way more about who I am, who they are, and who God is than those other moments. Mm. And, and that's where I really get excited about thinking about habits and rhythms as a really spiritually formative part of our parenting. So true. And I think people need to remind themselves that habits are a choice. So even if you don't feel like you have yes. all the, the right habits right now and you want to make a difference in your life, it's a simple choice to decide I'm going to stick with this, you know, until it becomes more natural to me. And I mm -hmm. also think that you're touching on the fact that as Christians, it doesn't hurt us to have discipline and no. a habit requires discipline. Yes. Yes. And, and I'll tell the story of how I came to this, which I think illustrates all this. So a couple years ago, I'm putting down my, at the time, three boys, um, and bedtime is just uh, like, it's, it's an incredibly chaotic time for us. Um, so bedtime with my three boys is lots of board books being thrown, lots of bath water on the floor, lots of naked escapees from bath wrestling on their bedroom floor. <laughs> I mean, just, just like wild. I don't know if we're unusual or if this is everybody's <laughs> experience, but we, but we have sort of a very energetic house. Um, and sometimes it's fun, but often at, at bedtime, I'm just sort of like, yeah, we've got to get these kids to bed. And I start turning into this sort of wild taskmaster who's yelling and then getting frustrated and then threatening bodily harm. If you're not in your PJs, you know, <laughs> the next minute. And I remember this night really clearly where I went through this whole routine of, you know, yelling and frustration and finally in their bed. And then, you know, I gave him a short prayer and said, I love you. As I shut the door, I sort of felt this dissonance of, wow, I just got through, you know, sh shouting and uh, arguing them to bed. And now I'm like, I love you. God loves you too. And I just sort of realized, you know, what do they think that means? What does it mean for them to, what does it feel like for them to live with me and then hear these words? Are they dissonant? And, but the big realization I had that evening, Jennifer, was that this is normal. And that was my wake up. I was like, this, our normal routine is this sort of chaos and frustration. What does that say about me? You know, what, and what does that say about our household habits? And um, it was a week later, I was talking with a, my pastor who suggested, I was confessing this chaos to him, who suggested I try a bedtime liturgy with my sons. And 
I was intrigued because I had been writing and thinking about how habits form us spiritually anyway. So I, I wrote my first bedtime liturgy and I'll, I'll say it for you real quick because this is, what, this is what brought me to my aha moment with habits. So I write this bedtime liturgy and here's how it goes. I sat the boys down in their beds and I said, do you know that I love you? And they say, yes. And then I say, do you know that I love you no matter what bad things you do? And they say, yes. And then I say, do you know that I love you no matter what good things you do? And they say, yes. And then I say, who else loves you like that? And they say, God does. And this, you know, bright idea for a bedtime liturgy was completely chaotic the first time. I mean, they were, they didn't know the right answers to the questions. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. Um, you know, they, they took it as a chance to escape bed and all these things. But what was neat was two weeks later, I remember one of my sons laying down in his bed and said, hey, can we have our blood bedtime blessing now? And what was really interesting about that night is that it was otherwise exactly the same as all the other nights. You know, there was still chaos. There was still naked boys wrestling on the floor. There's still bathwater. But I had shifted my routine to the goal being this moment of exchanging the words of unconditional love of God for us and us for each other as the point of the night. Like that was the rhythm I was going to as opposed to that moment when I could finally shut the door and just be quiet and leave. And that changed everything about my behavior as I went there. And so, and that's just what I would key in on. The power of a good parenting habit is that by changing your family patterns and rhythms, you come upon these unexpected new ways of grace in your life that can actually change who you are. Like you are not stuck in the habits you have. You're not, you don't have to be stuck in the frustrated angry, busy routines that you have, you actually can change. And those patterns can open up new ways of loving each other and loving God too. Right. Very, very interesting. So if a parent's listening today and they're thinking, okay, you know, this is habits are great. I need to do this. This sounds like a great idea. Like we hear a lot in the world, we want to implement something and we're all fired up but a lot of parents are just ridden with overwhelm. And this might feel like another burden to add to their list. What is your advice to kind of hit the reset button and get back on track and like, just kind of a fresh start? What would, where would you start? What can you offer to the listeners? Yeah. Well, first I would offer a word of comfort and that is that habits make your life easier, not harder. So one of the things I like to talk about with habits is that once they sink down into your lower brain, the beauty of a habit is that you don't have to think about it anymore. And that's what's so hard for, you know, most people, especially parents, is there's so much top of mind that they have to remember. And so when you work on a good wake up routine, bedtime routine, screen time routine, there are so many less questions you have to answer. So, so I just want to encourage people that, you know, working on habits of the household is actually a light burden. Like, yes, it's, take some energy to start, but in the end, it is so much lighter. Um, and the second thing I would say is I, I can't emphasize enough just the power of sitting down with your spouse to talk about this stuff. Um, yeah. You know, Lauren, my wife, Lauren and I, like when we have um, a good sit down conversation and it might just be 10, 15 minutes, but when we sit down and say, how is like morning time going for you? How's bedtime going for you? What, What's your afternoon looking like with the kids? How can we make it better? How can we, um, and again, not just streamline it so it's easier, that's part of it, but also put in intentional rhythms of moments we exchange words or hugs 
or smiles with our kids, how can we make the household feel like a place where our job is to learn to love God and love each other? Th those go so far um, when I just sit down with my wife and talk about it. So sitting down, making that time to sit down and talk about it with your spouse is one of the first and most powerful steps you'll ever take. Yeah, very good. So let's talk a little bit about screen time, because I know for many of us, that's something that we worry about. It can be a battle in the home. And you and you and Lauren have created a ritual that ensures your kids make good watching choices during their allotted time. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, um, this is such an important topic, because I don't know a single parent, I don't know a single person who's not concerned about how they're using screens and how their kids exactly. are using Exactly. It's not so just kids. <laughs> it is not. It is not. And so this, I would actually say this section is for everybody um, because again, your kids are becoming you, right? So what are your screen time habits? What are they watching you do? That's as important as anything. The way that Lauren and I um, think about screen time is we think in terms of curation. So if you think about a gallery wall, you have an art gallery, you have limited space on a wall and you have to pick the best art to go on that wall. So that's the idea of curation. I believe that curation is the most important virtue a human being needs right now in our age of screens because it's possible, and you know this from watching your kids just stream YouTube, it's possible just to sit and watch forever. Like that you'll never get to the bottom of the feed. You'll never get to the end of the shows on Netflix. There, there are otherwise no limits. So the first thing we need to do is start to be good curators. And that means applying limits, like create the gallery wall, say, we're only going to watch at X times. And then the second thing you need to do is pick good content to go in it. And I, the first one on limits, I just think people are scared of the word limits. So I'll try to encourage people that, you know, rhythms are much more powerful than rules here. So here's what it looks like for our family. Our screen time rhythms are we are going to watch a movie together on Friday nights because that's what we do. It's fun. Um, it's family movie time. On Sundays, my boys and their cousins are going to watch a movie together as the family gets together for lunch. On Tuesday afternoons, the kids are going to have some screen time because that's their special weekday time. Th those are times during our week where they're going to get a screen and they're going to get a movie. And then during the other times, the norm is just, no, you're, you're playing outside. So when they say, hey, can we watch a movie? I say, is it Friday? You know, is it Sunday? Is it, is it Tuesday? And kids, kids are great at picking up on rhythms. Of course, they don't like it. Like, don't get me wrong. They <laughs> would watch a movie all the time if they could. But one of, the, one of the ways that we create healthy limits in our house is just by having those rhythms of times when they know they're going to watch stuff. And, but, and then the second part is equally as important. It, and that's picking great content in those times. And this is really important because just handing them a screen to randomly watch something on the internet is, is not only dangerous, but it also just could be a huge missed opportunity. There are incredible movies, incredible stories. Um, there's in incredible podcasts for kids. There's great shows. There's things that can teach them and form their character. And I don't just mean sort of Sesame Street learning the alphabet. I mean, watching stories about good heroes who do wonderful things, who make great sacrifices, things that reflect reflect the great story we're living in so we're not luddites like we love good good movies and good shows but we think in rhythms and then we think in picking good content yes i love it because and the fact that you said when your little guy comes up and says can i watch a movie you're saying is it friday is it tuesday that also makes your life easier because then you don't have to 
get into a conversation or a battle trying to decide if you should let them. You yes. already have made the decision. And, and this, this is so true in their life and my life. Like it is so kind and generous to, to your child to help them know when they're going to get screen time. Cause otherwise they're always wondering it's like sugar, right? It's like, can I have it now? Can I have it now? Can I have it now? You know, yeah. it's very, it's very kind to say, no, these, these are your limits. So you can start to learn those limits. And it's really kind to yourself too. For example, for me, some really, really important screen time limits is, is I do a, a habit that I write about in the book called scripture before phone. So I know that my morning, I am not going to look at my phone until after I've had a little bit of quiet meditation time and time reading the, the word, which might only be five minutes. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's 15, maybe it's longer, but often it's just five minutes, but that changes the whole routine of my morning. Cause I know I'm going to start the day in quiet. Um, similarly, I know that I'm going to have an hour off of my phone every evening. Like literally it's going to be turned off, which is wild. You can actually hold the buttons on the side of your phone. And if you hold it really long, <laughs> then the phone will ask you, are you having a heart attack? Do you want to call the hospital? Or do you actually want to turn me off? I love it. And, and yeah, as I turn it off, you know, one hour every evening so I can really, really be with my family. Yes. And just like my kids, you know, I need those limits and they're watching me, right? Like my kids know like, oh, you're home. Are you turning your phone off? And I'm like, yep. You want to do the swipe thing? Yep. Um, and there it's, you know, it was really hard at first, but now it's a habit. I'd barely think about it. It just happens. Yeah. It's so important too, because now that, you know, I have older kids that you know, there's certain rules and routines in our household. And then when they go off to college, they can basically do what they want. Mm -hmm. I've noticed a difference with my daughter because we were, they were never allowed to take their phones upstairs at night. They had to keep them downstairs. Yes. yes. And now she doesn't get nearly as much sleep. She's complained of having nightmares. Mm -hmm. And I say to her, well, are you doing screen time right before you go to sleep? And she, she had a nightmare a few, uh, like a week ago. And she said, oh, I was on my phone right before I went to sleep. And it's yeah. because now there's no limit. She can do right. what she wants. And it's, it's just not working out as well. And so kids need this stuff. They don't like it, but we know they need it. Yes. Um, so I want to talk about, because, you know, the fact that I'm a professional organizer is one of my uh -huh. many hats. I love that you're talking about how to, um, get the kids involved in the household work, because a lot of people, Ooh, good. Uh, yeah. uh, parents are always asking me, how do I get my kids to help more? How do I get them to do this and that? And I always tell them that you're not doing any favors for your children by letting them out of chores because you're raising mm -hmm. somebody's future spouse, somebody's future employer. So God yes. created us to work. He created us to be good stewards. You know, can you give us an example of how you go about chores and, you know, help helping out around the house in the book. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, this is a topic that's so near and dear to my heart because I'm a, you know, corporate lawyer. I'm a business lawyer um, who writes, you know, books, that, you know, nonfiction Christian as well. So people are often ask me, you know, like, why don't you just write and speak? Like, do, do you actually like being a lawyer? And I'm like, yes, I love it. Because <laughs> as it turns out, God made us to work and we are not going to be fully human, fully satisfied and fully um, bearers of his image until we learn that work is part of our DNA. Oh, I love that. And so, yeah. And, and I mean, you, you know, this, when you like sit down to it, this is why when you're unemployed or underemployed, it, you feel so empty 
like yep. there's something missing from your life. Or this is why even if you, you know, struggle with laziness or just not no productivity in your job, you feel like uh, something's not quite right. You know, it's work is spiritually important. So I think one of the things that I do with my kids is I try to find small ways to talk about that. You know, when they're like, oh, why do you have to go to work again this morning? I'm like, you know what? Actually, I get to go to work again. I don't love leaving you, but I do love working because God made me to do that. And these are small you know, breadcrumbs I'm dropping as they're young. Absolutely. Like when, when they're teenagers, it'll be a much more expansive conversation. But the, so what one, we talk about it. Um, and, and two, we just make it as normal as possible that as then you know that they hate it. Kids, if you're not a normal kid, if you don't like working, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's fine. Um, but, you know, that's our job, right? We train them that you're not a normal kid if you don't like sharing. But our job as parents is to train them to share, train them to work, teach them that some of the best things in life come from good work and good relationships with other people. So for example, you know, after dinner, um, it's just normal last night, for example, it's like, boys, point to one of them, you got the table, you got the dishwasher, you got the floor. And um, what's neat is that, you know, I'm pointing to, you know, nine, seven, four-year-old boys, but they can do these things, right? Kids, absolutely they can kids, do it <laughs> yes you can train them to do all kinds of useful chores and it's not just that you're offloading the tasks of the house to somebody else which is is actually important I mean you can't do all this laundry all the time you just right. can't like somebody's got to help you otherwise you're going to be miserable or not having the time that you should have to be the full human being you should be but also it's really really good for them you know they always ask why do I have to clean the table again and I say because in order to have a beautiful household where we hang out and actually get to have a relationship, we need to have clear tables so we can read somewhere. And you're part of that and you have to help with that. Um, and so, yeah, and then I'll, I'll end with this. A parent also has the incredible privilege of making things fun. So two nights ago, my kids are annoyed about unloading the dishwasher. So I say, here, you stand here. I'm going to throw you stuff don't drop it because it's going to break. And I just start, you know, throwing them dishes. <laughs> and this was the older one and he knows it's fun. And he's, and, and, and I think that's really important to make sure that I'm inviting them into the household work in a way that is, reminds them that work is not drudgery. You know, not, not all work has to be hard work is actually some of the places where we find deepest relationships with coworkers. And, um, and so I want to train them young in that because it's really important. And I think they don't even know again, just like with the screen time, they don't even know what they need. We know what they need. (laughs) And it's so funny because my son was 15 when, um, he was home from school, you know, everything was shut down. And my husband says, we're going to finish the basement. You're going to help me. And, um, he was like, you know, complaining, Oh, it sounds boring. I don't want to. And by the time they are done, not only did he learn tons of skills, he was the first person to tell everybody what they did in the basement. And then if people come over to visit, he has to show them everything. He's so proud of it. So work is part of purpose and God gave us all unique purpose. He gave us a unique skill set, a unique personality and kids need to understand that. And the other thing that I love about this whole thing with helping with chores is you don't have, you know, why should God bless us with more if we're not good stewards with what we have? And we're Mm -hmm. always, you know, trying to teach our kids that part of the chores around the house is to be stewards because God blessed us with this house. We can't just trash it and not take care of it. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, and the thing is, again, 
someday I, being a professional organizer, I work with people all the time that say, nobody taught me how to do these things. So uh, they don't know when they're adults with their own house. It's not like a skill that's being taught in school. So we have to teach it at home. I love that. I mean, I just, you just think about what it takes to be a healthy adult and, and think about what the two things we just talked about work and screen time. Are you raising a child who knows how to have healthy habits with screens? Are you raising a child who knows the meaning and the purpose and the, and the worth that is found in work? Those are two of the greatest gifts you could give any child as you raise them. So, so be intentional with the habits you pick. In I work love and screens. that. I love that, Justin. And, you know, before, we, before we were recording, I just want to include this is that I, looking back when I was going over your book, I was so excited that you wrote it because parents need to know how important this is. And, but for me with one out of the house, one soon to be out of the house, I was telling you before the show that looking back, you will remember the routines that you do with your children when they're young more than anything else, because it's the thing that you do every single day. There's going to be lots of little things along the way that you forget, but you'll look back and you will judge yourself as a parent and you'll either be happy with what you taught them, or you'll be wishing you had taught them something else. So stop today when you hear this episode and just grab, you know, a piece of paper and write down what you want your family time to look like Mm -hmm. and be intentional. And you can literally make a choice today. You can decide, Hey, I'm going to pick up Justin's book and I'm not going to just wish or pray or hope that this happens in my house. I'm going to make it happen. It's that simple. So again, for everybody listening, the book is called Habits of the Household, Practicing the Story of God in Everyday Family Rhythms. And I really think this, I mean, this is awesome. Also a really great gift. So, I mean, what a perfect gift to give like a new parent or a parent with, you know, young children, any, any parent really. Um, So go out and grab it because it can literally change your life. Yeah. Nothing makes me happier when people say I read it and, and I had to give it to my sister or my friend or my, you know, mom, you know, I I love that. I love the idea that people are thinking about this together because habits like these are best done in community. Absolutely. And that's what we were made for. So Justin, bravo to you. What a gift you're giving the world and best of luck to you. You know, I pray many blessings on this book because I know it needs to spread war, you know, far and wide. And thank you so much for being on the 29 minute mom today. You're welcome. Thanks, Jennifer. All right. Take care. Take everybody else listening. We hope you have a blessed day. Hey, sweet friend. Are you tired of feeling overwhelmed and burned out? If so, I totally get it. As moms, we have so much on our plates. It's not easy to take care of everyone, keep up with your to-do list and find time for ourselves, but it can be done. All you need is a step-by-step plan and a system that works. Plus some extra encouragement and accountability doesn't hurt either. That is why I want to formally invite you to my brand new coaching program, the created order neighborhood. The neighborhood is for women just like you that want to live a life of order, calm, intention, and purpose. I promise you, sister, you are not alone in your overwhelm. All you need to do is to decide to move into our community today, and I will help you find more space, time, energy, and money to live a life of purpose and contentment. Just go to my website, jenniferfordberry.com and look for the created order neighborhood. Hope to see you there.